Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. One. Fragments of silicon. The revolution will be digitized. Welcome to another uh, installment of Fragments of Silicon, European interviews, or whatever we're calling this. Anyway, um, today we have our good friend Ralph Egas of Abstraction Games back for the third time, I believe? Yeah, that's right. Third time. Yeah, and it's been about six months since the last interview, if I'm recalling correctly. Yeah, about half a year. I'm not sure exactly, but it sounds about right. Yeah, I'm like... It, Probably not an exact um, matchup, but it's good enough uh, for our uses here. And um, I see you've been busy. <laughs> We're always busy. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I, I just got your gr- uh, list of notes here, and I'm like, uh, as always, you've got a bunch of projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's right. I mean, since I, I'm not sure, I. I guess a couple of those were already discussed like six months ago, give or take. But those in and by itself evolved as well. So it's pretty interesting what's going on. Yeah, we'll probably still cover them because, you know, uh, it's been six months. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, you know, it's like, I'm imagining that's, uh, you know, like ARC is still being worked on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And indeed, that's probably a good place to start. Um, yeah, you're working on Arc Survival Evolved by Studio Wildcard. That's right. Yeah. Now, uh, these are the console versions, correct? Well, uh, yes and no. So we started off uh, a while back, and that's probably what we discussed earlier, mm-hmm. uh, on the, cons- the, the piece for conversion of Arc. All right. So that was our first project with them. And uh, that got released in uh, December, the PS4 version. And that was the was a kind of strange story uh, because uh, everything else is like in early access, while the PS4 version is not because there's no such thing as early access on PS4. So it needed to be like a full release version that it couldn't have any of those TRC, you know, bugs and, and crashes or whatever. Uh, so we needed in a very short amount of time, we need to take care of that. That's done. That's behind us. Um, now we are we are doing maintenance on both PS4 and Xbox One. So they did the Xbox One version themselves, getting it to run. Now we're going to get it through certification for a tandem a day and date release on all platforms, uh, including a re-release on PS4, if you will. 
Um, so that's one thing. And we'll continue providing maintenance of uh, those console versions throughout the year and probably uh, uh, the quarter one of next year as well after release. Okay, so that's one thing. And then there's um, the re complete redesign of the UI, at least for the inventory, inventory system, inventory system, uh, which we recently concluded. And uh, we have some footage for that as well. Um, I believe I provided. Yes. Uh, yeah, give me one second to queue that up. Yeah, hang All on. Right. Yeah, our stream operator will have that up on the um, screen in a bit. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, so what has been done to the UI system? Well, a lot. I mean, there's, there's, there's two, you know, perspectives on that. So first of all, the original uh, UI was like kind of um, an SI for them initially because they, they went into early access, you know, and, and things like menu systems that is, you know, usually comes as a secondary uh, priority kind of thing, right? And it's, you know, you can, you can clearly see this. But there's, there's, there's one thing that's very important. Uh, the community expects, you know, they're mostly power users that are used to this kind of UI and all the shortcuts and all the features that it, it has. But it's very, you know, call this, it's, it's not like um, very hard to get into because it's not that intuitive, all right? So our job was to make it, you know, look sexy, but at the same time, you know, have all those features still present. Um, and that was a tough challenge. Uh, but I think we uh, we succeeded in doing this. So if you look at the, the old version and now the new version, everything, at least for the inventory system, is it, still there, but mm -hmm. it, it's looking better and it's more intuitive and it's more logical to use. Um, and um, how is it in relationship to using a controller? Uh, very good question. So, all right, so the first... <laughs> goal we needed to hit was like you know we we're doing this on pc not console all right so it was it was supposed to be just pc uh that's a mouse keyboard kind of situation and that needs to be improved so we did that but at the same time uh it it still needed to quote unquote work on console so on, on gamepad so on the pc there's a gamepad um option it's working it's not brilliant it's not even at this point, it's not brilliant yet, and we still need to do some work. Um, so that's that's a separate story. But the first thing for them was they needed the, the PC version, the UI, to be replaced, and that's what we did first, right? So we're we're totally working on on getting it um, to work. You know, kind of a similar fashion to what we look at as the benchmark for the best uh, PC to console. Uh, UI redesign, which is Diablo 3. I mean, I think Blizzard did a tremendous job of making it, dare I say, play even better on a console than on the PC uh, version. Uh, but that's my take on it. Um, so there's there's still some some work to be done there to make it, you know, really work well on on a console with gamepad. But at least it's there, and on PC it's working brilliantly. Yeah, and I have that um, color running now. Okay. Um, is there any sound? No, there is no sound. No, there's no sound there. This is just, you know, uh, I, I told the guys at the office that we're doing an interview today, and they, for the purpose, for this um, for this show, they actually put something together. So they have the old UI, the design phase, and it's, it's showing right now. I can see it. It's cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, um, you know, thanks to your team for doing this. Yes, awesome. <laughs> you know, I, I saw this only just today, so because I'm on a on short vacation, and uh, it's, it's great what they did. I'm very happy. Yeah. 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 So, uh, implementation. <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry for being a silent here. It's you know. Uh, also, I, I should point out. For our um, audio listeners, um, you won't be able to see this. Yeah, it'll be on the Twitch page. Yeah. It's like we put out like two versions of the show. You know, we, so. Yeah, I just have it running in a loop, so if you want to move on, you can. Okay. Yeah, until like we have a couple other trailers to play a little later on. Yeah. But, right. Yeah. But we're still talking about yeah, Arc, I can run so this. Far... There's some more arc uh, to be told. Um, right. Uh, shall I carry on with the, um, the the effect of the UI, what we did there? Mm hmm All right. So going back a bit, it's like first a PS4 version, right? And that was mostly a technical kind of job. You know, it mostly took engineers taking making it run perfectly at a high speed with, you know, great performance on PS4. That is typically what we've done in the past a lot, right? doing ports and making it, you know, um, play well because of high performance and optimization stuff. Um, with RQY redesign, that's, of course, that's more a creative job than it's it's a technical kind of job. Um, by doing this, we've, you know, we've recruited to, um, to Studio Wildcard that we can do that kind of stuff as well. Now, the next step, you know, apart from the maintenance on the console versions, like I told you, we are actually working on the, the next DLC with them. So in this case, and I'm not going to name any names or whatever, it's, that's, that's kind of not undisclosed right now. But at least I can tell you that we're working along with them on the new DLC because they're, you know, they're working on different things and they needed us uh, to, to work on it. So we're doing that. Uh, so the design, the, the, the rough design and storyline and everything was already done. But, you know, there's so much work that, that needs to be done before it should hit the shelves. Um, and the release date is not known at this point, officially at least. I know, but that's a different story. Um, and that's, that's great. This is, you know, this is going to be the, you know, automation of doing tech and creative work for abstraction on their product. Like, if we do this, there's, there's going to be a ton of more work you know, this, this is our, our stepping stones working with them. And that's, that's pretty, it's been, been pretty cool so far. And I have no reason to doubt that we, you know, we will not be able to nail it. We will be. And it's, it's great. It's, it's great given the opportunity that we're increasingly being able to work on, on, on take on our own creative decisions more and more as we go forward. And that's awesome. Right, so you're uh, determining the direction of this DLC, correct? Well, no, not really. So this first DLC that we're... No, so in total, this is the second DLC for ARC, right? This is okay. our first DLC we're working on for them. And, you know, the, the creative work, the, the biggest parts, the bulk work of the creative work has already been done, all right? So they set set the, the, uh, the goals for us to work on. Uh, so there's a lot of handiwork to be done. There is... There is some creative freedom where we run into issues that weren't, you know, uh, that that come along with advanced insight, of course. So we have designers working on this. We have a lead designer working on this stuff. Uh, so there's some design work to be done, 
but it's it's still you know the the the, the idea of uh, and the, the the goal of having this DLC and the story how it, it fits in the storyline has already been designed and thought. All right, so there's a lot of creative freedom, but it's not at the level where we you know we kind of came up with the idea and are doing this DLC. This is something for future though. So our, the next DLC, if we get to work on that, which you know depends on whether we do a good job with this one, um, is definitely going to be more uh, our creative creation. Hmm. Okay. Um, good to clear that up. Um, right. So, um, so in regards to the console versions and the UI and all that, um, did you have to take into account like the um, PlayStation 4 controller versus the Xbox One controller? Like, for example, the PlayStation 4 controller has that pad on it. Right. Yeah. Good question. And to be honest, I, I don't know where we are right now with, with that one because I've been so super busy with all, all kinds of other stuff. And you know, since a couple since November, we have we have a lead designer on board called Tiberius, and he's been brilliant. Um, you know, taking care of all this this stuff with the team, and um, and I don't even you know, sounds a, kind of embarrassing, but I, I don't really know where we are with the uh, the touchpad um, on that one. So I definitely should play it um, real soon, but <laughs> I don't know. There's been so many things going on. I've been heavily involved in recruitment. I'll get back to that later. Okay. Um, but but uh, yeah, there's there's so many things going on with the growing studio. It's crazy. Uh, understandable, understandable. Uh, okay, so uh, moving forward, uh, up next you've got um, undisclosed project by Blue Isle. Right, and I'm not sure whether I because you know, we've been. I'm sure we we were have been working on that, or just when we had the previous interview. Um, so if you know, it does, doesn't matter if we have or, or have not. Uh, let me just you know, there's n not a lot I can tell you about this because everything is still on the wraps. But what I can tell you is this: this is uh, so Blue Isle is working on a new game. It's very um, it, it has very similar uh, ingredients as Ark. In, in a way, it's, it's like a survival sandbox uh, um, um, open world game, but with a very, very different theme, and it's really cool. Uh, I love the theme. I love everything uh, the game is offering, and we've been involved in doing um, uh, all the AI for the NPCs, and we're, we're close to wrapping up this project. So the, the AI, but also some systems we've been implementing, and some, some artwork, and some uh, special effects for that as well, and uh, you know it's great. And they're they're going to go into early access real soon, uh, but you know I leave it to them to to uh, provide an official um, uh, press release. Uh, that's not up to us, of course. But uh, you know that's pretty cool. That was another you know a case of us not doing a port, but doing something some creative work uh, as well as tech work in a different kind of space. Hmm. Right, and so uh, to provide some context here, um, if you know who Blue Isle, like Blue Isle, Blue Isle Studios is probably best known for Slender: The Arrival. Right. Yeah. Um, they also did uh, the game Valley. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is probably less well known. So. Yeah, it was beautiful though. <laughs> that's that's it, right. Yeah. It was. It's just. You know, I, I, I think people, you know, 
Slender the Arrival is one of those games that got really, really popular thanks to, you know, YouTube mm-hmm. and the... Right. And the, like, 10,000 uh, Let's Plays of it. Just 10,000? Mm-hmm. I'm obviously underselling it, but, you, you know, it's it, it's one of the games that, um, you know, uh, helped popularize, you know, the... I'm not exactly sure how to define that uh, particular style of YouTuber. Shock but... Let's Player or Shock Gamer or whatever? Yeah, That's something... reaction, reaction Cam Let's Player. <laughs> all good names, all good names, but, you know, I would go with, frankly, Obnoxious uh, <laughs> Let's Player. It's like I never liked those kind of, <laughs> the, that style. Oh, but uh, anyway, um, so, yeah. Definitely looking forward to seeing what they have up their sleeve. All right. Um, so next up, we have 428 by Spike Chunsoft, and I believe we have a trailer for this one. Yes, and this one seems to have audio, so I will play that. Give me a moment. All right. So we'll, we'll let that play, and then we'll move forward here. パンタイゴンの三本で最新作がついに登場。渋谷を舞台にしたスピード感あふれる群像劇サスペンス。十時間の地で起こる謎めきた事件を複雑に考察する複数の主人公と共に解き明かしていく。物語は複数の主人公それぞれの視点から描かれているプレイヤーは1時間ごとにフギラった複数の物語を読み解きながらゲームを進めていく初心者でも外道を参考にすることでスムーズにプレイを楽しむことができるゲームの中に出される選択
あのタイムルートの協力タッグによりシナリオナスキノコキャラデザイン竹内隆によるボーナスシナリオも収録また神木愛による楽曲提供とゲーム出演も実現謎が謎を呼ぶタイムルートスタスです渋谷の街を駆け回り隠された真実をつかみ取れこれが進化したサウンドモデルされた渋谷で12月4日発売衝撃の結末を見逃すなそして予約特典は長期にわたる渋谷ロケを観光した428その戦いの全てをスタッフとキャストが語り尽くす渋谷6 0 d a y s メイキングオブ428That was, that was a little Japanese. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, so <laughs> this is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right.、Um, yeah, admittedly,、um, where to start with this?、Uh, well, I can help you. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, so、uh, this is typically a visual novel with real footage shot in Tokyo. All right. So we've been working with Spike j o n s u p for, for a while now. So the first title we ever did was、uh, Taking Dankarumpa,、uh, the first episode. Um, to,、uh, to PC, all right, because they were, you know, Japanese companies are, you know, there's no PC market, there's no PC game market in, in, in Japan. And、uh, a few Japanese companies out there, they realize their PC and Steam is actually a very big market in the West. So, one of those companies that are that progressive and, and taking, you know, their brand to, to PC in the West is Pride、mm-hmm. Chunsoft. There are、yeah. a couple more. Yeah, so this is how we got started.、Um, you know, this game is all Japanese.、Um, and、uh, we're, you know, we're involved in localization.、Okay? So、Godspeed, friend. <laughs> what? What? Godspeed, friend. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs>、um, and there's, you know, the, the problem with localization, of course, is not just the translation. I mean, people have been playing this game, I mean, in the West already. By using you know,、uh, Wikipedias with、um, you know, translations and all that,、uh, you know, people、uh, spending time in their you know, spare time、uh, translating all of that. The biggest problem with doing that, of course, there's some in this game as well, there's some, some typical Japanese things that, that don't translate that well. So you have to be, you know, be very free and, and, and very liberal in the way you translate those things. That is what localization is about. It's more than just translations, of course. So, this is being out, carried out by、uh, a company that, you know,、um, uh, directed by Spike j o h n s o n Okay, so we're going to get all the lo- localization data from them. But we're taking this game to PC and PS4. All right. And uh, uh, since a couple months, we have actually a, a Japanese speaking guy named Farah Nasri, and he has been with us、uh, for a couple months, and he's, he has actually lived. In Japan, and you know, he knows Japanese obviously, but he also knows what you know,、uh, all the kind of、uh, intricacies of being in Japan and culture and all that stuff. And it's been really helpful. That was actually, and this is another topic later on, but we're working with SNK Playmore as well, right? So,、mm-hmm. for that job that we're working on, we 
they actually asked us to to whether we would have someone that speaks Japanese in our team. And we didn't back then, so we hired one. And because he's there, he can can help out with this as well. And he was actually, you know, the only one in the company uh, capable of telling me what this game was about, right? So we were looking at this game played on a PS3, uh, on, on a, a PS3 I believe, uh, looking at it, and he was, you know, doing all the translations and, and, and calling out what was happening and all that stuff. And it's an amazing game. It's really cool. Um, so I guess, you know, with the help of, you know, with our work and our team, uh, people in the West are actually going to be able to enjoy it, you know, and not just the few that use translations from the Internet, uh, the diehards. <laughs> so it's going to open up to a broader market. I think this is really a jewel um, right there. Right. So, what made Spike Chunsoft choose this for localization? If you know, like because it, you know, it's a very Japanese game. Yeah. Oh. Honestly, I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I guess. Well, one answer could be, but you know, it's just me guessing. Fair enough. Is that they're being very successful with, you know, uh, taking their games to the West. Uh, you know, with our help as well, but you know, generally the Steam audience has been wonderful. You know, they really love their games. They love them for taking the stuff to West as well. All right, um, this is such a nice game, a really good production, high quality um, game. It needs to be everywhere. But still, like I said, localization is really tough. So they're spending a lot of money on getting localization right, you know, and translating uh, cultural uh, cultural stuff like like um, uh, I don't know uh, context to a Western market. They're all they're doing that, and there's a lot of work for us to actually change the game in certain uh, places to accommodate this, right? Mm -hmm. They, I, I guess, they just wanted to. Um, to, to you know to to, uh, to to be make enable people to play it outside Japan because it's such a good game hmm. that is perhaps one reason you know it is also yeah um, well it's not just like the market for Japanese games but the market for visual novels has really exploded right um, in recent years mm -hmm. uh, you know, we certainly like we we know, like, visual novel um, localizers, for example. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, um, like, last year we talked to a Japanese company about, you know, you know their updating of a visual novel. Yeah. So it, it, it's, definitely a, it's definitely a market now. So. It is, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That being said, um, 428 Shibuya Scramble is apparently its full name. Mm -hmm. According to Wikipedia, anyway. Like, <laughs> it's probably right, then. <laughs> yeah, it's like... But, uh, and, anyway, um, so this isn't a straight visual novel. It's a visual novel adventure game, like Danganronpa. Yeah. Novels. Right, right. And there's this, you know, um, there's this uh, multiple parallel mm -hmm. story, intertwined storylines, where you get to a certain point and you uh, you get sort of stuck with one character. There's like five characters or so, five, uh, five like storylines as well. 
And then you have to switch to another character that happens to meet this other character, you know, that sort of thing. You have to basically re rewind time, if you will, and then you'll be able to prevent a certain event from happening in another character line. It's, it's very complicated, but that's, that's, that's also the replay value about this game, but it's also a really cool uh, feature of this, this title game. There's a great a lot of depth to this game because of that. Hmm. Uh, I, I have to take your word for it because I've <laughs> I've never played it. Like you know, maybe when it gets localized, we'll review it. But sure, you, know, you should. <laughs> I, I'm, like, I'm not sure if I talked to you or Spike Chunsoft about that, but mm -hmm. um, that's you know the the point being is this is a game that you know was as you mentioned locked away in Japan. Now, it has actually seen a couple of releases since. Um, because it was originally a Wii game. Right, in 2009, but, um, yeah. yeah. But it's also seen releases on the PlayStation 3, PlayStation Portable, iOS, mm -hmm. and Android. And I suppose the question that is, as it relates to here is, um, what version are you working from? Or And rather, um, how are you adapting this game to, you know, like, modern technology? Like, are you updating the um, assets to be HD and so on and so forth? Yeah, 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 of course. So we are, you know, it's not like we're we're uh, upresing textures or anything. I mean, the footage are really, really good. So it stretches really well to uh, to full HD. So there's no worries there uh, because it's footage. It's it's different than stills, you know. So so we're uh, we're doing some work on UI to to upres that and that make that pixel perfect and all that stuff on modern uh, hardware. But there's not a lot that we need to do beyond that, uh, because the the, the, the content is already in a very very high quality, especially the original uh, content that we have at our disposal. All right, so it's just uh, a case of reworking all that and making it shine on you know and, and reworking it uh, for the, those target platforms. Um, so that's not a big issue in this case. Okay, good to know. Good to know. Um, now, also, it being a Wii game, were there any, like, gimmicks that you had to work around? Um, I, well, we were, you know, we're, we're only getting started, so it's too early to tell whether we had to <laughs> work around certain gimmicks or whatever. Uh, but I don't foresee a lot of reworking uh, that way. I think, you know, the, the code and everything we received so far is pretty straightforward, uh, at least for us. Uh, we've seen, you know, we've seen worse, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, so I, I guess we'll be okay. I, I, I think the, the real big issue is not going to be in doing the straightforward port thing, where we, you know, where we make sure that it's going to work on the target platform, but more going to be in um, iteration over localization, you know, and that includes changing uh, artwork, um, you know, and testing a lot of testing, and then you know. You know, polishing and polishing and polishing. That is going to be the bulk of the, of the work. Right. And um, is this going to be a straight port localization effort, or is there like additional content being built for this version? No, no additional content. Okay. And I don't think the game needs additional content either. Um, we just have to make sure that it, it feels like it's a PS4 and or a pc game a steam game so there's going to be achievements and all that stuff obviously 
and it just needs to feel like it has been designed from the ground up for those target platforms, which is basically what we always strive for. Of course. Um, uh, before I move on, um, Galich, you're our localization linguistics expert. Do you have any questions about this game? Um, it sounds like it was covered. You've asked most of the questions I would have asked, but it does. It is definitely an interesting undertaking. Mm -hmm. And yeah. like I said, we, we've interviewed uh, localization people who do visual novels before, and anything with that much text and cultural content, uh, it certainly is a job. Yeah, for sure. And, and again, I mean, Spike and, and us as well, we, we know this, right? So we've always realized when we sign up for this um, that this was going to be quite an undertaking, right? So we want to nail this. And that's this is why Spike is, is spending a lot, really a lot of money on on just localization, on, 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 on with multiple iterations and testing and LQA and all that kind of stuff. It's... We, I've never seen, you know, a project like this we've, before with so much spent on LQA and and, and, and uh, localization in general. Well, I'm like, well, um, I suppose, uh, how many people from your end are working on this? Um, about about six, which includes a producer and a bit of design it's it's like we have the way we work though is this is just a rough figure because we have the way we work is we have this this well bigger and bigger studio with uh various people mostly generalists right but there's some you know, there are some people that have specializations and um and we try to you know ramp them you know get them on board and then off again if if the specific job is done so we're a very kind of fluid kind of organization, and this is this is one part why we're I guess why we're kind of successful in, in doing this kind of stuff. Oh, good to know. Good to know. All right. Um, so we should uh, advance here, um, given the time. Um, mm -hmm. Next up is Danganronpa Ultra Despair Girls by Spike Chunsoft. Right. So. This one is we. The only thing, well, I don't want to play it down, but really the only thing we're doing here is con providing consultancy. So the original developer is doing their own port, all right. So it's they're taking it to PC, but since we're the experts on PC and they're not, they're they're uh, asking us to you know to act as some kind of front portal to QA, if you will, right? So we know what Steam users in the West are, you know, are going to expect of any kind of game in terms of UI, in terms of whatever, in terms of achievements. Um, so rather than doing the port ourselves with Dunkerampa 1 and 2, the original developer is doing it themselves. Uh, and we are, we are there to tell them what doesn't work and what does work, right? So and we have hired our own, outsourced our own QA uh, to an external team, and we're handling all that kind of stuff, uh, and um, providing feedback. And they go in and they they fix stuff, and it's just kind of a it's a very interesting kind of uh, deal, and, and a different you know very interesting kind of dynamic going on there. So, yeah, but that's basically what we're doing. Hmm. And does it feel odd to be in a support role after you've um, 
you know, you worked on like the initial versions of Dang on Ron Pod for the PC and then ported oh. it to PS4. Right. You mean like, okay, why didn't we get this deal? <laughs> Something like that? Yeah. Uh, so. No, no, it doesn't. Um, so there's, you know, we are, we've been working with Japanese companies for a while now. And Spike mm-hmm. Chancel was the first one. And they are, you know, they are like, um, they would love us to work on stuff as much as we, we, we could provide. All right. So they're, they're, they trust us. They, they know we can get stuff done. But they have to work with Japanese original developers, and they're not everyone is that you know um, open or used to work with external developers. Like there's, you know, even signing an NDA with some Japanese firms is very um, hard. <laughs> uh, you know, and then then even then, if you have an NDA in place, then providing information that is you know something for them really to consider. Uh, so. I guess um, this was just a case of the original developer not being open to to do that, and they and maybe apart from that, they have like uh, they already know how to do this from a technical perspective, and they don't need anyone else, and have en- enough people to work on that, and that's fine. And at the same time, we didn't have any time for a team to work on that stuff as well at the same time. So I'm pretty happy with this because you know it's not like this deal for us is like it's going to make a super big difference in terms of cash flow and 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 all that kind of stuff but we're still involved we're still involved with spark johnson and their ip which is great so i'm very happy with that kind of stuff Uh, okay that's uh that's that's actually really good to know know, especially given the uh, switch off there um Mm -hmm. But okay, uh, so uh, up next we've ha- we have undisclosed project by yeah. SAA Playmore. Yeah. So that's that's it. Yeah, it's undisclosed. So <laughs> I can't tell you anything about that. We, really, apart from you know what I can tell you that is is that their it's 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 their flagship product, right? It's like super important to them. Uh-uh. They're they're you know, and and I'm not gonna say yes or no or, or anything you 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 mention. Um, but it's, you know, rest assured, it's a very important project to them. It's something that evolved and yet again, and um, they chose us to work with for PC. Same thing. We obviously, and there's plenty more companies in the West that know the West. But, you know, we, we have a track record of working with Japanese firms. So, But this really took three years to, to get to a deal. I've been with um, with guys from SNK, like the, the American guys working there in Japan with SNK Playmore, I've been meeting them for 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 three years at like uh, GDC and Gamescom and everywhere, uh, and it took that amount of time for them to you know feel like okay we should do this, right? And then still it once they said yes we should work with the abstraction, then it still took like four months or so to get a deal signed. But we made it. We're working on it right now, and we're close to finishing with it. And it's so it's an adaptation of uh, an original title for PS4 um, to PC uh, to Steam, right? And we're almost there. And it's been you know, it's been a very nice nice ride so far. And I think we're gonna we're gonna nail it. So that's awesome. But you know you have to realize that Japanese companies they they have 
no such background as, as working with uh, you know non-Japanese developers. They're very protective of their IP and their culture and everything. And the fact that we've almost completed a game for a Japanese company of that kind of stature, like SNK Flameworks, for crying out loud, that says something. I'm very proud of that. No doubt. Like we've certainly heard, and I've certainly heard stories about you know Japanese companies, not just in video games, but just in general being very right. protective, very slow, very meticulous right. in these yeah. matters. Yeah. That's right. And so, still, I mean, there's there's even when we, you know, in this project, there's there's been so much, you know bandwidth on just Skype messages and emails and, and, you know, so much things that we would consider like, okay, so, or anyone in the West would consider, is this really necessary to scrutinize at this level? But yeah, I mean, they're, this, this is their way of working and they're already super progressive in, in you know, allowing a, a, a European company to work with them on their super important IP, right? So, what else can we do than just appreciate what we're, you know, what we're being offered? We, you know, this is this is a great honor for us to work on, and uh, you know, since we're Dutch, we adapt anyway. <laughs> that's in our culture, so um, I guess that's uh, that's perfect. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting because on our last show we had another um, boarding studio on our program, talking about their experiences, and you know. Mm -hmm. it, it definitely mirrors um, what's going on here, although perhaps even at a higher level, given um, the companies involved. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it, it certainly corroborates what I've heard with you know various Japanese developers. Um, right. You know, and yeah, we'll definitely have to have you back on the program once you're fully able to talk about this particular. Yeah, project. yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, because, yeah, it's like, especially when it's the super important stuff, the story of how it all transpired sometimes can't come out until it's out. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, just a thing for next time. Yeah, for sure. I'm looking forward to that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe in another six months, but you know, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Because we still have other games to cover. Yeah. Um, and you, uh, the next one up is uh, the sexy brutal, uh, or is it brutal? Brutale. Brutale. The sexy brutale by Cavalier and published by Tequila Works. Yeah, that's right. So, All right. So Cavalier. you want me to play that one real quick, the trailer? Yeah. All right. Um, one yeah. moment.
now for our listeners and viewers, um, the Sexy Brutale is probably um, among the most familiar of games on our list here because, um, well, it came out, uh, what, about a week, week and a half ago, something like that? Um, really recent release, and, you know, it's been getting a lot of attention. Um, and, right, uh, so you did the console versions of this game, right? That's right. And some PC optimizations as well. So, you know, we were hired to do the console adaptations of the PC version while it was still work in progress. Okay, so it, the game wasn't done. Mm -hmm. And at some point, you know, in order to help us help, you know, help, help them help us, <laughs> sort of, we also, you know, um, went above and beyond to help them get stuff working. You know, they had this great, fantastic idea and a lot of content and you know a lot of stuff was there but there was a lot of polish that, need, that needed to be done and we're we've been there from you know uh whenever we stepped on, on board as console uh a porting house to help them um get performance right to you know a myriad of things that we uh, were involved in that was you know not agreed on let's say you know before we started this mission but, you know, they needed that kind of help, and I think it shows in the final result. I, I love this game. This is, this is like, you know, I'm a sucker for point-and-click adventure games anyway. This is not point-and-click per se, but it's, it's very close to a puzzle adventure game, the types of our love. And they did something very special with this one. I think that the artwork is super beautiful. The style, art direction is great. I think the, the whole Groundhog Day kind of take on it is brilliant. And it's it's really fun to play. It's fantastic. So I love it. <laughs> and um, yeah, it, it, it has a Metacritic of like 82 right now, I believe. Um, and that's that's I think it's well-deserved. It's really good. Yeah, and um, it's been getting a lot of critical praise, um, you know, like uh, from people like say Jim Sterling and such, mm -hmm. um, it, you know, it seems to be a legit, uh, legitimate um, game of the year contender. And you know, given uh, given the um, year in game so far, um, that's a pretty lofty statement, actually. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, like I haven't personally played this game yet. I mean, I want to, but just so many games. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's crazy. Especially in this, this uh, I don't know, the last few months, three months or so, there's been so many games that came out, um, you know, and I bought all these games, including AAA and Indie and everything, and I, <laughs> I have like a backlog of, of almost 10 games I need to start playing. Yeah, it's gotten to the point where, uh, honestly, I, I've just started putting games on a review queue just so I can play them. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I hear you. A fewer pain. So, but uh, Cavalier, uh, the studio behind it, so their concept and everything, uh, they created it. They're brilliant. Um, they're 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 uh, former indie, uh, former AAA developers. They uh, that's you know uh, start their own studio. Uh, we didn't know them, but we knew Tequila Works, and uh, we know Tequila from uh, Deadlight, the, the the port we did um, um, uh, for them. Which with uh, Koch Media, the publisher back then, and um, Tequila reached out to us for doing uh, the Sexual Brutale, 
And uh, so we've been, you know, working this triangle kind of uh, uh, relationship with uh, Cavalier and Tequila, mostly with Cavalier, though, because they were creating a game and we need to help them and we need their input to do the conserve versions, of course. Um, all Unity based, um, you know, and as I, I think I've told this before on this program in, in the second or the first interview, Unity can be, you know, it's, it's great to, you know, to prototype at the very least, and to create a game if you know what you're doing. But there's, especially going to console, there's so many things you can take for granted on PC, like having virtual memory, like a virtually unlimited amount of space um, that you don't have on console. Apart from all the stuff, the quirks that are still in Unity Prism, that don't work like one-on-one, you know, one-on-one correspondence on console. So, naturally, as a porting house in, in working in Unity, we have to, you know, uh, actually rewrite stuff in order for that specific feature to to work on console. So, and then we, of course, we need to tell the original developer, in this case Cavalier, you know, we're doing it this way. Please use this from now on, especially if you're working on a work in progress um, piece of software, right? So this is this is very tricky. I I, I think I honestly think that we had this game running in, in just a couple of weeks from, from, from the get up, get go. Right. But then, you know, they're still working on it and we need to adapt. And then the performance is a problem and loading and like loading times, are like 10 minutes, reduce it to like instantaneous. That's what we did in the end, you know, going from one room to another where, where it, it would take, where it would stall like the, the animation and everything like a, a hiccup, very noticeable. We needed to, uh, to to uh, get rid of that kind of stuff, you know, there's there's a lot of engineering you, you need to do to work around the quirks that uh, that is Unity three. Hmm. And um, was it difficult keeping pace with all that? Yeah, I mean this. So typically, this was a small project, a small team working mm -hmm. on it. You know, uh, and and of course the the deadlines were there, but then uh, Cavalier had issue, you know, had real trouble delivering by a certain deadline because, you know, their game is super ambitious and it it shows. If you play the game, you'll see what I mean. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's from a very small indie team. This is a very very nice result. Uh, you don't see that often, right? So. You know, and we 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 notice, we appreciate that kind of stuff, and that's why we. This is why we don't have a problem, you know, going in again and doing you know more work, even though that wasn't in, in any kind of contract or on paper. I don't care, you know. We need to, you know, get real uh, high quality software out, and this this is uh, this is a jewel right there. So, it hmm. deserves it. definitely, definitely, you know. I hope to get around to playing it sometime this year. I mean, I, I uh, like I said, it, it it's just the, there's just so much content out there right now. Well, we do yeah. have a break coming up in July. <laughs> True, but I'm <laughs> okay. probably going to end up playing other games I've been wanting to play for months. Yeah. Well, let's 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 just you know agree that you should have played it before we have our fourth interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, I make no promises. I make no promises. Oh, uh, I'm like, but uh, moving onwards. Um, 
Um, so you um, you got your own undisclosed game title. So you're, you're finally um, reaching yeah. for that dream. Because I remember, I think it was last time you mentioned you wanted to get into original developments. Yeah, that's right. All right, so re rewind like uh, nine years and eight months ago. That's when I started Abstraction Games, uh, Soul Proprietor. Okay. It was just me and it was Eric, and Eric was uh, my buddy in crime, but not official on the payroll or anything. He was just, you know, he was working at PlayLogic, and I was working at PlayLogic, and I became a freelancer uh, under the label Abstraction Games, sole proprietor, and he was working with me in the, in the night hours. And we, we worked on our first game, because that was what we planned to do, create our own games, right? Just like any other indie studio of two people. Um, and we failed miserably. We did our own, own game. It's called Poppery. Um, uh, and no, I, forget I said that. It's, it's not even worth looking at. It's such a bad game. But, you know, that's, that's what you do when you create your, your first game. It's not going to work anyway. Um, but that was the idea, right? And then we, 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 um, we met like Chilingo and we, we started porting. And I told you in this, the first interview about this. And this, this is what we get, you know, uh, got really good at doing. And now we're doing more creative work, and it's all great. So, but ultimately, the goal was to create our own games. But it's very hard to combine this with work for hire because you have your clients; they're going to demand more. You're not going to say no to them, right? And that's that's even apart from the fact that you have, um, you know, you have a hard time actually finishing project projects. Uh, even more so if you're coping with like, you know, in the early days with with indie developers that just decide, no, we're going to need another year to finish this game. So every project at some point became a work in progress rather than something we could go in and adapt and just get it over with. Um, for eight and a half years, we've been, you know, um, like working with an increasingly bigger team, uh, just uh, keeping our head above the water. And since one and a half years, it's like, okay, this this, this is behind us. Now we're making enough money to sustain ourselves, and now we can actually afford to put forward a separate team that's going to be dedicated on creating our NFT, right? That's what's happening right now. So I'm working with my lead designer uh, on wading through like a number of concepts. I, I, I mentioned five earlier in my notes. May, it might be six or seven. I'm not sure. But there's a couple of concepts that we're working on that we're fleshing out and we want to get, you know, get that to a ready state for a team that we're already separating um, um, and, and, and making dedicated to work on prototyping. We're also getting more people on board, like a new lead designer to manage that kind of process, right? So we're taking this very seriously, but we are at the very beginning right now in a professional kind of setting, if you will. And I, how much can you talk about the game itself? Well, that's, that's you know, that may sound lame, um, but the problem is there's this, like, six or seven concepts right now, and we have yet to pick one. And probably what we end up doing is, is working on two at the same time, um, or maybe three even, and not, like, taking this one concept or, or this other concept really seriously. It's more like getting this prototype team started. What we need to, to, to achieve is that we, uh, through concepts, we get enough um, uh, workload for a prototype team 
to start working on these prototypes, right? And there will be things that fail, and there will be things that, and we want to fail fast, like the, the, the very popular paradigm of fail fast and get to a position where you know, okay, this is actually going to work, right? So I couldn't tell you right now. I, I really don't know. I, you know, there's, there's like five of those concepts are, are just, you know, really, you know, concept that started like, I don't know, five years ago or something, or maybe six, I don't know, and that uh, got more iterations over time um, uh, that I, you know, personally uh, thought about and, and um, contemplated. And there's a couple new from uh, some other people, right? And, and right now, I don't know what concept is going to win. Maybe it's going to be an automation of, of, of several, even, right? It's too early stage. But we're not, you know, at least we're taking it very seriously. And we, we do have the people to work on it now. Uh, and that's very different from the past. So I'm pretty sure, I'm actually pretty sure that I will be able to tell you uh, a lot more detail on what we're working on in our next interview. You know, provided that it's going to be in six months from now. Yeah. It's just, that's just how the timing's worked out. Wow. Mm -hmm. just, just for anyone who's trying to discern if there, if there's a pattern to this, it's actually been coincidental that it's been about six months each time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, uh, but you know, then, then again, I, I think in, in three months from now or something, you know, I think we're going to be in a very good shape. We have our prototype, prototype team started. And we're mm -hmm. actually going to be able to see our first results of, okay, this is actually working. This is not, this was a very bad idea. Let's forget about it. You know, this is brought, this process is, is going to be, uh, you're very solid and very needed to make further steps. Um, and maybe we get lucky and we can start on an official title this year. But I wouldn't be surprised if we're, we're, we're going to need the, re the remainder of this year, actually, to work through this prototype process, you know. And, and this means, actually, that we can you know, have new concepts and provide them to the prototype team because there will be so well-oiled kind of machine going on that, you know, that are capable of taking our concept to something that is actually uh, sustainable. That's what we're looking for. You need to build that kind of team. Uh, you, you don't buy it. That, that's, that's never going to work, at least not for me, because I don't have any uh, precedent working on that kind of stuff myself, right? Um, right. And of course, you can externally you can hire people that have experience with that, but they need to be converted to our DNA and our way of working, you know. So you know, you know, it's going to take time. That is inevitable, and I would be very happy if we can have, you know, a, a, a proper pre-production team working on a new concept early next year, yeah. like after all the prototyping work. All right. All right. Um. So one question I, I want to ask independent of this list is, well, what, what's kind of what's missing from it? And that's a switch title. Oh, like, right. Oh, yeah. Know. Okay. Um, and you know, okay, go on. Yeah. I, I imagine that um, you will eventually like port a game to the switch. But like, my question is like, do you have access to dev kits and that sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we do. Um, there's, there's still like, you know, we have dev kits, we have access to anything. Um, but Nintendo is like keeping uh, new titles at bay uh, uh, until the second wave, which is probably going to be some, you know, end of quarter three, quarter four ish. 
Um, so, although they get given this access, it's like you know you cannot release in three months from now because we're you know we're gonna they're gonna moderate everything, right? They're they're gonna curate everything, um, and they have their first wave of indie developers taking you know creating titles, and that's gonna be the first wave or or the first and a half wave of of, of, uh, of new content. And as you can see, you know, in the news, like every day, there's some new Switch title or some new studio that's saying we're going to do this. And, you know, this has been planned for months. Um, and uh, but we're going to we're just so late to do that. Right. And and uh, um, and there and we didn't have any content either. So that, that's not going to be a problem. However, we do have some content up our sleeves. Uh, we're not in a hurry. But we are thinking about taking Pitfall Planet to Switch, for instance. So the what to the Switch? Yeah, Pitfall Planet. This is a game that is hugely underappreciated. Look it up. It's on Steam. Um, it's not a huge success or anything, but we're, we've um, signed with, um, with the developer on the rights to take it to uh, any console and, and Switch. We've decided to keep away from console and self-publishing uh, right now, but Switch is going to be a different story. So I'm, I, I don't have a 100% guarantee we'll do it, but I have, you know, I'm very keen on getting that working. Um, just to make sure that that's not a little big planet, correct? No, it's not. No, yeah. no, I wish. No. And of yeah. course, that is never going, going to, to a non-PlayStation platform, but no. So this is Pitfall Planet. Right. Plan. Yeah. Right. So there's one thing I can mention. Um, I would love uh, to see this happen, and you know, it's it it isn't a big deal in terms of um, production. You know, hell, if I find some time in a vacation, I can do it myself probably uh, from a technical point of uh, view. But uh, I don't have that kind of time, and if I have a vacation, I spend it with family, but, and and of course doing interviews. <laughs> 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 But uh, no, seriously, I think this is a beautiful title, and it, it's it's something you, you you control like two robots, very cutesy robots. You know, these robots map like perfectly to the two Joy-Con. All right, so it's it's a no-brainer almost. But let's see. Um, I'm not you know I'm not making promises, but I'm well. The only promise I'm making is that I'm going to be you know you know uh, zooming into it. I, I really would like to uh, this to work. All right, so there's um, there's a couple of other ideas I cannot disclose right now, but uh, I'm you know, if anything, I'm I'm a Nintendo fanboy anyway, but you know, apart from that, that aside, I'm a huge fan of the Switch. Um, I love it. I played Zelda, of course. Uh, I love everything about the console. We have it, you know, we took it away on vacation right now, so it's sitting in the vacation house living room with TV. Uh, in the past, we 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 had to like like move a console or multiple consoles. There are huge, right, in our luggage. This time it's like this this tiny thing, uh, and I think this there's, you know, there's a great benefit to working with Switch. If you can think of a game that works on the go as 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 much as it works on your TV screen at home, uh, you have something. You, you have like something that really works. Uh, so I, I'm going to be focusing on that as well, in my mindset. 
Makes sense. Makes sense. And you know, what you tell us uh, certainly uh, lines up with, um, you know, we, we've spoken to other d developers who have worked on the Switch. Like, mm -hmm. uh, recently we spoke to, like, Frozen Byte and Zoink Games, and they... And yeah, it's like Nintendo is deliberately curating things right now. Yeah. Now, um, anyway, so um, we found the uh, the Steam page for Pitfall Planet, and mm -hmm. um, if you want, we can play the trailer so uh, you know our, our viewers and such can see what this game is. Yeah, sure. Yeah, go ahead. By right. all means. Yep. We are not involved in the original PC version, but I don't care. I mean, it's a good game, so. Right, right. This is more. This isn't necessarily what the a potential Switch version would look like or anything. It's just this is what the game is currently. Yeah, and I think any, anyone can see uh, how this would work on Switch. It's it's so natural with the two dog Joy-Con that you can separate, give one Joy-Con to another player in the park, wherever you know. It, it just makes sense. Okay, um, uh, Petty Fan, uh, you got that queued up? I am resizing it now. All right. Uh, just give us the word. All right. All right. That should be good. All right. I'm going to be starting it here in just a moment. Okay. I like broadcasting. <laughs> And just to emphasize for any news organizations who might be listening to this interview, um, this doesn't mean that um, Pitfall Planet here is coming to the Switch or it's in development. It's just we are talking about the potentiality of this game coming to the Switch. And just make sure people's headlines are clear. Now. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yeah. It's happened before. <laughs> I'm like... So, and indeed, on that note, um, I see it's uh, about 12 o'clock. We should be, uh, wrap, really wrap this up. Um, Ralph, I want to thank you very much for joining us on such short notice. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> uh, you know, not, not just taking time out of your schedule, but taking time out of your vacation schedule to do work things. <laughs> um, yeah, no problem. I love you guys. So it was really wonderful to have this uh, third uh, yeah. session with you is always fun, so appreciate yeah. it. Uh, no problem, no problem. Like I said, you know, we'll eventually have a fourth one. You know, I'll, you know, whenever that may be, you know, maybe six months, maybe later, maybe sooner. Like, it's not, it's not determined right now. Anyway, so that'll about do it for this installment of Fragments of Silicon. 
Be sure to join us tomorrow for our um, you know evening episode. Um, we're going to have Benedict Fritz of A-E-I-O-W-U. I still don't know how to pronounce that. And we'll be talking about the Roly Roguelike. We're still not exactly sure what the... What, outside of a rogue like this game is uh, in Tumble Seed. Now, until then, I wish you good gaming. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.